Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to Following On County Cricketer. I'm John Norman alongside Steve Harmison and this week the return of George DeBell. He's been on his travels. It's great to have him back. Um, and what a week to come back as well. We've got so much to talk about. Uh, we've got to talk about Yorkshire ownership. We've got to talk about the fine handed down to Middlesex. Uh, we've got to talk about Durham getting promoted back to Division 1. Proposed changes again to the 100. Big stories coming out of uh, the Cricketer this week on, in that regard. North Hants plucky relegation um, and so much more. Uh, it's been a, a fascinating week in cricket and I'm delighted to say that we can talk about it here on Following On County Cricketer. OK, guys, George, lovely to have you back. Uh, Harmy, good to see you. Nick Friend is on the way up to Leicester for the uh, third and final ODI between England women and Sri Lanka women. So um, he's sitting this one out. I mean, I asked you before we went to where, what is the top story? Is it Durham getting promoted? Is it uh, Yorkshire and the ownership uh, roundabout? Is it the fine meted out to Middlesex? Is it the changes to the 100? And Harmy thought Middlesex. So let's start there. George, where are we with Middlesex? The news was released this week and they haven't had a points deduction. They're not heading to Division 2 because of the points deduction. They might still end up in Division 2. And uh, you can hear the gnashing of teeth from Durham as we speak. And I'm not just talking about harming. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Very nice to be back. So the Middlesex um, uh, situation is interesting. I would say that their finances have been chaotic for some time. Maybe it first came to public attention with the story about them not paying the pension contributions that were due. Um, That goes back a couple of years. They then found themselves in some financial trouble. Uh, losses of uh, best part of a million pounds from 2021, I think it was, uh, at which point there, people started to investigate the finances. Um, the reason they've been penalised ostensibly is because they had made, perhaps diverted money for the Middlesex Cricket Board to the Middlesex County 
Cricket Club. That's money that should have gone to pathways and recreational cricket was being used for the first-class game. Uh, the ECB decided that this was due to poor governance rather than anything more malign. And while penalising them, most of the penalties are suspended, including the points penalty. And, and I looked into it in quite a lot more detail. But certainly the current regime at Middlesex are very keen to blame the past regime. Uh, it is absolutely fair to say the past regime perhaps lacked oversight I've, I've looked into it in a huge amount of detail. I wouldn't want to bore you with a lot of it, actually. Uh, I, I, it does seem that uh, there was a, a shambolic aura to the management of finances, and you can't do that in the modern age, particularly when you've been given money by a national governing body. So that had to change. I think the key thing that might interest people is the different attitude of the ECB. The ECB have decided to try and help Middlesex back on their feet. They have decided that it doesn't really help anybody to crush them and punish them and instead they're going to work with them they're going to have oversight of their business plans and their budgets and they're going to help them be a better run club that to me seems like a very sensible thing to do durham supporters absolutely reasonably really are saying well wait there when we were in a similar position and there are a lot of similarities we were punished we were crushed and they were. They they had huge penalties. They were relegated. They were forty eight points the next season. You know, it was it was awful for them. And I would still say that that was wrong. It was wrong then. It was it's still wrong now. But what's the old expression? Two wrongs don't make a right. Uh, I, I think it's a very different re- ECB regime. They're more benevolent, more sensible, more constructive, and uh, they're doing things differently. I don't think it's hypocrisy. I think it's a different regime. I still think that what happened to Durham then is. An absolute shambolic scandal. Still think it should be looked into, but it reflects a regime that's gone. Uh, Middlesex are much more fortunate. They've been held back on their feet. A strong Middlesex is surely good, like every county uh, is surely good for English cricket. And so I think the ECB have probably got it about right. Does that help a little bit? Yep, certainly helps me. Does it help you? Are you feeling a bit more uh, at ease with the decision now, Harmy? Yeah, not really, no, because it still hurts. It still hurts for what my club went through. We we lost five players who thought they had a chance to play for England. I think three of them had a chance to play for England. They were all the majority of them had come through Durham's Academy system, Onions, Keaton Jennings, Scott Bolthwick, Mark Stoneman, all went on. Onions had played, Bolthwick had played, Stoneman and Jennings went on and played for England. So they had to leave to go and fulfil their dream to play for England. Coglin was another one who struggled down at knots and ended up coming back. But like George has said, two wrongs don't make a right. I'd like the ECB, I like the way they now have, have, have sort of approached the, the Yorkshire and Middlesex one, which is we can't lose these counties. They're too big. They're too, not so much powerful, but they produce players. We want them to continue producing players. And if they're not there, that's a massive hole in, in English cricket. So I get that argument and I think that is right, even though I'm biting my tongue saying it. Like George said, I'd like the ECB to go back, this new current regime, to go back over, whether it's an inquiry or whatever, to go back over the Durham sanctions and not put things, you know, I'll give them back, but try and help Durham go even further, i.e. more one-day cricket, you know, more T20 cricket up in Durham. Test matches really don't work in the northeast of England, I don't think. So these things could help Durham fulfil and move on from a financial point of view to make that blow that we had you know, a little bit softer by giving us the cash injections that we can put on a show. I was at the T20 
um, the other night against New Zealand. And it was a fantastic occasion. Unbelievable occasion in the northeast of England. I mean, the ground was heaving. It was chocker. Now, why can't we have more of them games? And them games will generate cash that will produce players because Durham have been doing that. So that is the, the sort of Durham side of it. My question to George and to you, John, do, uh, do Middlesex need to get out of Lords? It just seems as though not having a home base, not having a, a structure of where your county is based from, looks as though it's, it's harming them. And the people that are running the old regime that maybe is run Middlesex were stuck in the, stuck in the dark ages, you know, whether it was, it was a connection to Lords, the connection to home cricket, do they need their home base? Um, and build a first-class structure around somewhere which is basically not their own in the, the, of magnitude, the size of Lords, and having somewhere where they can build something strong from rather than always be, it's nice to play at Lords, but I'm not sure you are, you have a home if you feel like that as a player when you've got you know, the home of cricket. You know, you're constantly in and out. You're not leaving your kit around. You're not going back to the same place and have a structure of dressing room and where everybody's comfortable. I just wonder if Lords is a is too big and it's too powerful for, for Middlesex and they'll be better off having somewhere where it's a little bit smaller and they can they can feel home and build a, a county structure that way. Well, he, he, he's right. It's a huge challenge uh, for Middlesex, but it is it can also be a benefit. There are, there are good things about uh, the MCC, Lords-Middlesex relationship. But there are challenges as well. I mean, I think it used to be seen as more beneficial. I think they've got to improve those relationships and try and use the positives to their advantage. Building a different model, going to a different ground, desperately expensive. Uh, There are other clubs who have looked at this, you know, recently, Essex or Worcestershire, for example, doing it in London even more difficult. Uh, There are definitely challenges and, and I think it can be hard to create a sense of camaraderie and what have you. But they do have a record of uh, producing players going back a while. I, I think it can work. I just think that uh, I, I don't think the MCC are about to kick them out. I don't think the MCC are about to say, you know, we can make more money with a relationship with Rajasthan Royals or whatever. I, I think there's a lot of will to have a first-class team there. Uh, and both sides need to work at that relationship, particularly Middlesex. I, th- I think it can work, it's, it, it, but it is a very different model. It's completely different to Durham. But there are advantages in you know, that link-up, and they should be able to monetize that uh, the, the link to Lords and um, having members who want to get test tickets and all the rest of it. I, I, it needn't be just negative. And you did mention Registan Royals, George, which does take us quite neatly on to another big topic of discussion, and that is Yorkshire's ownership which has been in there, well, it's been spoken about many times on this show and has popped up in the Red Tops. It was, I'm going to stop you straight away because you've used um, the word ownership and Yorkshire is a members club. Of course, yes, yes. You know, no, but you say, of course, it's a members club. It's mm. always going to be. But yeah. I can't see a situation where the members are going to say, yeah, fair play, let's give it to Rajasthan Royals. It's not going to happen. It was never going to happen. I don't even think it was on the table. What has been on the table... Could uh, Rajasthan buy, buy the membership? All the members will give you X amount of pounds to... Oh, yeah, it, yes, but the members have to agree. So so the same as Lords. Yeah. Um, what what percentage know, of the membership would have to agree? I think it's two-thirds. So it's not membership. ownership per se, but it is essentially replacing the debt, switching the debt... Well, no, that's a big difference. Well, wait, there's a, there's a big difference between borrowing money and being owned. So what they're looking for 
it's again the truth is so much more prosaic than the headlines i'm afraid what they're looking for is to borrow some money it's basically a mortgage or a buy and lease back they want to borrow 20 to 25 million and pay it back over 10 years which i think is quite a short period by the way and i still think they're going to do it with the fraser group so, yeah. so the problem with this story is it's so emotive so people mm. talk about Radstone Royals buying Yorkshire. Ain't happening. Not on the table. Don't think it ever has been on the table. Think it's simplistic to say it. Equally, the whole Mike Ashley name, it's evocative. Fine. Mike Ashley's not even on the board of Fraser Group. He hasn't been involved in these discussions. He is the owner. He did found it, but he isn't on the board. So to say it's Mike Ashley, it's Fraser Group. Now, the interesting thing with Fraser Group, I don't think this has been reported. Who is? Who are the lawyers for Fraser Group? Is this terribly boring? Maybe it is. No, no. It's, it's Clarion. Who owns Clarion? Roger Hutton. Oh, and th- yeah. here's the key thing. There was no Saudi prince who was going to buy Yorkshire. Never going to happen. Nonsense. Registered royals were never going to buy Yorkshire. Actually, what's happening is the new management are very sensibly exploring their options. And, and since they've had this you know, mortgage idea, actually, I believe other people have come to the table. So there are other people talking. I believe Manoj Badali was one of those. But what he wants, which is quite reasonably, is a big foothold in English cricket. And what is available to him at Yorkshire are not the same things. So uh, they were never going to sell Yorkshire. The membership would be able to stop it. And absolutely right. You know, the membership could be bought out. But um, it it would. Well, it's it's, uh, look, it could happen. But it will be up to them. I I think it's fair to say the Hutton Graves relationship is not cosy. But I think that the Fraser Group probably are the likely lendees to Yorkshire, but we're not there yet. And I think it will be, as I say, roughly 25 million over 10 years. The Mike one makes sense. I know it's not Mike Ashley, but he's obviously the owner of the Fraser Group. So the Fraser yeah. Group makes more sense than than Rajasthan. Right? And when everyone was talking about the Rajasthan stuff, it was like, they're going to have to pay a lot of money to the members to get them out first. Then 20-odd million in debt on top of that. Financially, probably doesn't make sense, where Mike's done it at the Rico, I think. He's done it at the Rico Arena in Coventry, where he took over, I think he took basically took over the building and leased it back at a, at a, at a rate which took debt on, leased it back at a rate, and everybody's cosy. Coventry get their, city, their, their stadium back. They pay X amount in whatever interest again the loan that comes, which is basically a mortgage, like you're saying, George. And I think I could see that happening at, I could see that happening at Yorkshire. I don't see... Mike Ashley's group coming in and wanting to run Yorkshire County Cricket Club. But I can see them lending the money, paying it back over X amount of years. And that's the model that Mike likes to work to. So I I, I always said it was either Mike Ashley or or goes back to Colin Griffiths' group, an outside Indian group coming in to get the members on side or to buy them off. They're a stubborn bunch, this Yorkshire lot. So I couldn't see the the actual ownership model being the one that had, had too many mileage. Because it would cost them a lot of money. Uh, As I say, I don't think that demutualising has been on the table. I could be wrong, but that's, uh, you know, I'm talking to, you know, they've been pretty open with me the whole way through this. I really don't think what's been reported is accurate. I don't think the Radstone Royals thing ever had legs. I don't think the Saudi Prince thing ever had legs. They are talking to various people, but I think it's a buy and lease back. I don't think the truth is terribly interesting. Well, that was interesting, and it's good to have it's good to have you back, George. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about the cricket. Oh, brilliant! We're going to talk about it was a phenomenal day in the county championship yesterday. Much more interesting that second innings um, at uh, at the Oval. I certainly had my attention more than uh, 
the New Zealand uh, batting. Hey, it was brilliant. Hey, just one thing on this as well. Sorry to jump in again. I've, I've, right. I've obviously missed this. Hmm. How dull would it be if there wasn't promotional relegation? I mean, how yeah. few people would be interested? Oh, yeah, totally. And, but totally people agree. still it want was... to go back. Some people still want to go back to one division. Promotional relegation is bloody great. Yeah, it, yeah, so totally many great. teams with oh. something to play for, some some passion, some interest. Well, take Brilliant a look at Division. Well. Take a look at that division. Somebody posted how exciting the Division Two, Division Two, of the County Championship was, and how much more exciting than Division One. And I snorted to myself. Because of course, Surrey at the top of the Division One, and I've been obsessed with how Essex are doing and batting points and bowling points. And then I looked at Division Two. I was like, "Oh my days! Yeah, you're absolutely right. We had ridiculous declaration in the Northampton Warwickshire game, a hat trick. Uh, Warwickshire four, five, six, seven down, and looking like they were going to get beaten by Northampton to give them a stay of execution, only for Warwickshire to win by two wickets. You had Kent, who in first innings, looked nailed on to beat Nottinghamshire and Middlesex nailed on to lose. They were 21 for five. And somehow Kent is still behind Middlesex in the, in the, uh, in the division. And then division two, Leicestershire nearly chased down 500 to win against Sussex. But that defeat may have ruled out Leicestershire. Well, Leicestershire is still in it, but now Sussex is still in it as well. And with, Worcestershire to play Durham, who got promoted in their next game, means that if Worcestershire lose to Durham, Sussex and Leicestershire can still get promoted. It's it's ridiculous. I don't even know where to start. Where do we start? As well. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So much, so much was going on. I don't know where to begin. I mean, if Nick Friend was here, I'd talk about Middlesex, but he's not. Which game do we even talk about? Yeah, can we go, can we start Northampton Warwickshire because that's yeah, actually let's start with that. Well, that's not a bad example of the benefits of promotion and relegation because mm-hmm. I know that the Northampton Declaration looks insane. <laughs> what did they set Warwickshire basically 175 and 60, and 60 overs? 60 overs yeah. uh, it looks generous, doesn't yeah. it? It is generous. It is generous. But they were they were in a bind, weren't they? They they had to win. North had to they had to, to win. win, and they and were Warwickshire... behind the rover rate, weren't they, as well? Wouldn't they? Wasn't there something to do know. with that? But, but it Warwickshire was really, being... really like only cricket could conjure up this madness. Well, Warwickshire were clearly being quite stubborn about, you know, we basically don't really care, we're not going to do it. So you had a mad morning <laughs> where the wicketkeeper's bowling and all the rest of it, <laughs> and, and, and there, are, there, there are two declarations, almost a forfeit from North Hans. But then this brilliant finish. Oh, and I think there's a time and, and place for sort of these forfeits. And a hat trick, and have you seen the hat trick? Yeah. Have a look on Twitter. It's brilliant. Yeah. The well, Sanderson hat trick. He got really good plays. He got Hayd out. A first ball with one that sort of pitches middle and hits the top of off. It's gorgeous. So I think Warwickshire were 25 for five, chasing yeah. 176 or whatever it was. And then Burgess, who who two weeks ago looked like he might be slipping out of the county game, signed a one-year extension. Played another match-winning innings, 70, 80, whatever he got. And poor old North Hanser down, a brave, yeah. brave. North Hanser, rel- and he, he won it with a six? Yeah, classy, with uh, Hannon Dolby, who who took a seven for earlier in the game, by the way, just blocking out the other end again, Brilliant. which he has done previously. Very, very good cricketer. The, the benefits of promotion and relegation, uh, sad oh, totally. to North Hans. You know, North Hans actually looked like a club in a bit of a mess. They're obviously losing Tom Taylor. They've got an old school coach in Sadler. Not positive that's working great for them, but you know, it's always going to be difficult, though, isn't it? Why? I mean, well, don't you think when you're in, a, in competing in that division? Oh yes, with sorry, the, with the resources, finances. Yes, I mean, you look at the clubs that could go up, and you worry about 
you know, Worcestershire and Leicestershire. Hey, I've if, got an idea. If I've they got an idea up. for you. Go on. Sorry to interrupt. I've got an idea. And I think this would be quite a good idea. So in the NFL, I don't know if you two follow the NFL much, but the way the league works is you have the AFC and you have the NFC, okay? Uh, the American Football Conference and the National Football Conference. And each one is to split up into three divisions, North, East, and South. Oh, Look at Harvey's face. Yeah, Look you know, at Harvey's bear with face. Me. No, bear with me. It will, <laughs> this will make stop, sense. Stop, stop. Lost me at NFL. Stop, I listen. I can tell. This I can really sense. tell. Listen, very... listen. So you have, I think there are 32, there are 32 teams, okay, across both divisions. It is a 16-game-a-season league. So everybody does not play everybody. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, right? Now, it's stunted. In the county championship, it's stunted. Last year, Surrey, the champions, didn't play Hampshire twice. Hampshire finished second or third. I think Lancashire might have pipped them in the end. That doesn't make any sense. This year, Essex could finish second, and Surrey have played Essex once. It doesn't make any sense. It's one of the problems with the league. Now, the way that the NFL have got around this is essentially they decide your fixtures based on how successful you were the season before. So if we would, if county cricket was to take the NFL method, Surrey would play Essex twice, would play Hampshire twice, and would play whoever came fourth twice, Warwickshire say, and they would play one of the new teams just once. So this season, Surrey played Northants twice and they play Essex once. That doesn't make any sense. You flip it around. And what that means is the teams that are at the bottom of the league are helped. So they play the top teams once and they play the teams around them twice. There, so there must, there must have been a time before you started talking about the NFL. It makes sense. A happier, simpler time. Well, Look, to be fair, it's better if, than I thought if, you were going to say. I thought you were going to you talk guys, about drafts. If you guys want me to ask the producer, Scott, to clip some of your long answers and put it up against put it up against one of mine i'm quite confident i'd win that battle but essentially what it means is it narrows it narrows the gap between the top and the bottom the top teams have a more difficult schedule than the bottom teams there is a method to the madness and it there means is the champions and the top teams play each other and it brings balance back to the equation i, I, th- I would prefer that everyone played everyone home yeah, but away. everybody uh, isn't playing wait everybody. there wait there wait there you could do that though uh, there are various ways you could do it. And if you have to go to three divisions, I, I, personally, I could live with that. OK, it's, that isn't happening, though, is it? But this well, could it happen could, uh, and it can hey, happen. Anything could happen. Anything, anything could. could. Yeah, I know. We're talking about 39, you know, knockout T20 stroke 100 league at the moment. So anything can happen. But I think we know that it isn't going to happen next year. But this hmm. could. There is absolutely no reason why, say, Durham and... Uh, Worcester should go up and they replace Kent and Northants. And essentially, you set in motion the league for next year. So the bottom four clubs all play each other twice and the top four clubs all play each other twice. And that's how you work out the league. And it'll be easy. That's, to better, do. Than, that's better than random. Yeah. It makes I'd, sense. I'd rather, I'd rather see you go to the eight teams in the first division with two conferences in the, the second division of five. And the, they play the other teams in the other conference twice. So they get 10 first-class matches. The top two play each other to go and the team that gets promoted. That, for me, I'm, it, there's no easy way. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. If you want to steer with 14 first-class matches, I think in the, the shortest format, the 50-over competition or the blast, 
for me, instead of taking teams away or taking games away, add teams. So add Ireland, add Scotland, add the Netherlands. One in each group. You've got three teams of set, three groups of seven, and then you play each other twice. You've got and and you've got twelve games. You can't do that in first class cricket because their infrastructure in Scotland, the, the Netherlands, and, and Ireland aren't up to playing first class cricket. There's got to be a, a, a more fairer way that the best teams play against each other. But when it comes to it, I still come back to the fact that the two divisions or competition cricket, as we've seen with two games to go, we're still seeing games that mean something, which is better for the cricket, better for individuals, better mindset for players who are thinking winning cricket, winning mentality. And that's where you've got to get through to your players. Ryan Campbell, we're going to talk about Ryan Campbell and Durham and the way his mindset was when he came through the building. And that, for me, when you get a young player who comes into a first-class county at 17, you need him to be thinking positively about winning cricket matches. That's how he's going to get into Ben Stokes' team. Now, when I first came into first-class cricket, it was one division. And by the time middle of August come, we, we had six weeks of six weeks of declaration cricket. Now that's changed, and I think that's changed for the positive. So we're going in the right direction, but I'm not sure what the solution is to play each other twice without going back to 16 first-class matches. I've just, I've just told you the solution is the NFL. Get the Americans in. <laughs> get the Americans. We said that last week. Yeah. Get Ryan Reynolds to buy out Yorkshire. Get Harrison Ford to buy out Yorkshire. Well, America. It's, it's North America, <laughs> isn't it? I'm talking about the continent. Yeah, let's base um, the whole of cricket on Wrexham. You're listening to Following On County Cricketer. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.com. 
www.barbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the following on County Cricket here with myself, John Norman uh, and Steve Harmison here on TalkSport 2 and via the following on podcast feed. Look, we've waited uh, and Harmy's been very, very patient, but uh, it's the time of the show when we have to talk about what arguably is actually the biggest story in town. That is, we know um, that Durham will be playing in Division 1 of the County Championship in 2024. I mean, we've kind of known for about mm, five months But essentially, it was confirmed this week, Leicestershire failing to get the batting points they needed to keep the title race alive and uh, and celebrations. We are the North and all that. Harmi, first things first, you and Manners on the Cricket Collective, if you haven't heard the interview in full, go and check that out. You spoke to the coach, Ryan Campbell. Just give us an idea of the difference that he's made to the county um, and also what it means for cricket in the region. After seven years, we all know the stories about how they ended up down in Division 2. They're coming back to Division One and all the stories coming out of the camp from just speaking to you, hearing from the players, hearing from the coaches. You know, they're coming back and uh, they're setting the sights set for the very top. They're not just there just to enjoy being in Division One. They want to go up there and they want to win it next year. And uh, actually, everybody says that, but it says a lot about Durham where they are now that you actually listen. You think you look at their team, you think, yeah, that that actually could happen. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, congratulations to Durham and to, to Scott Borthwick, Ryan Campbell and the way Durham have, have gone this year. They've Look, Durham took the punishment and there has been a lot of talk about the punishment this week, obviously, for what's happened with Middlesex. They took it on the chin. They were lost a lot of players, but they did what they always do. They rebuilt from within. They went out to got, you know, you're some young kids to come through. The likes of Potts and... Obviously, Cars obviously Cars wasn't born in Durham, but he he came through the sort of the system at um, at Durham. Ben Rain, who's been a, an absolute superstar since he's come back, and he came back to the county because he couldn't get a game when Durham were really really strong, and that's Durham's challenge over the course of the next sort of four or five years, um, to integrate the young players that they've got because I've seen some some fantastic young players from Northumberland, from Durham, and from Cumbria who will be knocking on Marcus North's door to say, give me a contract in the in the, in the the foreseeable future. So to see them rebuild and go back to where, you know, we should be, which is right at the very top, they're going to be a force next year. The only thing that's going to beat Durham next year for me, possibly, obviously, the Brown Hatters, um, but England. England could beat Durham next year because they could take Cars, they could take Potts, they could take Ollie Robinson, Alex Lees. Yeah, he has to be again next cab off the rank because he's reinvented himself as an, an opening batter in the, the the sort of longer formats of the game, and it'll be interesting to see from Lee's point of view if something does happen to Zach Crawley or Ben Duckett. If he is the next cab off the rank, great, he goes back in and shows to everybody where how he's changed. Or if he isn't the next cab off the rank, where he goes from, where his career goes from there, with the England dream probably not there anymore. So I think all in all, it's been a, a wonderful season for Durham and um, next summer can't come quick enough because I think Ryan Campbell's made the difference. His outlook, not so much the coaching, I think just the persona around the place and positivity to try and make sure we win games as opposed to drawing games. Um, and he's got a bowling attack on flat wickets. I've got 20 wickets. So I can't wait for next year. I'm sure they can't because 
Durham will be a force in that first division. OK, well, I mentioned that Ryan Campbell interview. Let's just hear a few minutes of it, uh, specifically talking about how he countenanced or got round the idea that uh, there was a problem within county cricket about flat pitches. The, the, the facts are our wicket has been fantastic this year in where it has been a good cricket wicket. We want to score fast, which means, you know, we probably want a bit of a flatter surface. But that means bowlers have to find a way. And, and that's the one thing that I'm very proud of with our bowling group. At no point, I, I just refuse for them to be saying the words, oh, the wicket's too flat or this, that and the other. I would say, well, you've got to find a way. So what different field positions, different um, tactics, different anything you want to do, but you've got to try it. And, and don't just say, oh, well, this wicket's no good for us because man, that's just being soft, to be honest. And I'll go as far as saying, that Matthew Potts is probably a better bowler now and Bryden Cast because of having to bowl on flat wickets. Because mm. you guys know, this is my first year of county cricket. The one thing that I will say about what I've seen is that there is such a lack of ball speed from the county game. There's too many young fast bowlers who just run in and a little dibbly dobbled. And again, there's a room for that. Don't get me wrong. We've got Ben Rain, but you can't have four of them in your team. And so the, the whole difference for us is that we've brought ball speed to the game, and that's pots and casts. And, you know, when we haven't had them, we look a bit different a team. We've had to go about it a different way. But those two guys, I think, no doubt, can play at international level because the pitches are going to be flat. You're not going to get a green seamer, even in England now. Like You don't get green seamers in the test matches. You have to run in and bang it in and, and keep going all day. And, and that's the one thing pots will do for you. The first ball he bowls in the day will be the same speed as when it is his last. And, and that's a very good quality to have. So that was a Durham coach, Ryan Campbell. Was he very politely kind of insinuating that there is a softness to, to the county championship? Would you say that's fair, Harming? Yeah, I think he was more or less saying whether it was the, the county championship or the players within it. From a bowling point of view, I think he was more or less indicating that you can't have four Ben Rins even though Ben Rain's done brilliantly for Durham, you need something, a point of difference, whether it's a spin bowler or a quick bowler. And the big thing that Ryan is all about is you've got to find a way of winning a game. And whether you're playing a flat one and you're struggling to get 20 wickets, you've got to try in different angles, different field positions, and we're, we up the sort of job that way. Or if you're playing on an absolute minefield as a batter, you've somehow got to find a way of getting to 200 as a unit to give yourselves a bowl as a chance to, to bowl the opposition out. I think he was more, he was trying to trying to say that he's trying to get his team to be a bit more streetwise and street smart, that if they do come up on flat wickets, he doesn't want to hear bowlers go, well, that's flat. You know, there's nothing much we can do on this. And I think that it breeds softness, that breeds negativity in dressing rooms. And he was having none of it when he came into the Durham dressing room. And I think that's proven um, in the results that Durham's had because... When you look at the uh, when you look at the table, Durham have won won six, drawn five out of twelve games. They've they've been in this division to win games to get themselves promoted, and and have done that on the on a flat surface where the batters have scored runs, and the bowlers are getting twenty wickets, and that for me is the game. Would it be fair to say now that Durham are one of the better run counties, and if so, what is their template? You know what what is it about the way that they're run that maybe other counties could ape, could copy, or are they just blessed with, you know, natural rich resources which they can just tap into in a way that maybe isn't available to other counties? It's not just Durham, as in the county. 
it's the surrounding areas. That's where Durham have unearthed some you know, r- ridiculous talent. I, I have to go go back and get it. And I did some research in lockdown about the last, it was, I think it was between 600 and 700, the caps for England. So the cap, cap number six, and I think it was Chris Reed. cap 700 was some like Zach Crawley. And the players that had played for England, her county, I think Surrey and Yorkshire were well ahead. But I think at the time, Surrey, Surrey hadn't had anybody that won the Ashes. Essex had like five, six players. Three of them were England captains in Gooch, uh, Hussein and, and, um, and Cook. But when you look at Durham and what Durham have done in the period that, they, that they've been a first-class county, they've been brilliant to go into the neighbouring counties, the minor counties. John Windows, who took over from Jeff Cook, you know, recruiting academy, and what he does at Durham is a miracle worker. And just last week, Durham's second team played it. Ryan Campbell did the chat with us from South Northumberland, second team game. They had two 18-year-olds and a 16-year-old, uh, two 18-year-olds and a 15-year-old playing in the second team from Northumberland, then Stokes from Cumbria. So it's not just about the county. Not many players play for Durham from Durham City Centre. It's the surrounding areas. And Northumberland's a massive county. When you look at it, the green grass of it, there's not much in it, same as Cumbria. So when you put all that together, and, and people have, have said many times that, you know, when we talk about football and cricket, we are very good at feeling sorry for ourselves in this country. The one thing that Durham didn't do, like George alluded to a second ago, is when we got sanctioned, I've moaned about it, members have moaned about it, but the people from inside of it just went, right, we've got a job to do. And the culmination, seven years later, is they are back in the championship, first division, and they are coming back with not only a bang, I think they're going to come back and really challenge Surrey, Essex, Warwickshire at the top end next year because they've got a team I think is well-balanced and we're not only are they well-balanced, there's a hell of a lot of cricketers from the northeast playing in that team. So it's been a, it's been a long time coming, um, but I think it tastes a lot better because of how they've gone about doing it. Can, can I just make a contrast? Can I just make a contrast, mm-hmm. uh, for example, um, with... Derbyshire, for example, I'm I'm always going to defend the 18 county system in a way. I'd like there to be 20 something clubs. But how much money have uh, Derbyshire had from the ECB since they last produced an England player? Um, which was it, it depends how you judge it. But Ian Blackwell, Dominic Cork, uh, someone like that. I mean, it's 50 million pounds, isn't it? It's very very hard, even as someone who wants to defend it, to defend that. Uh, and you look at the money that, uh, or, uh, and also the challenges that Durham have had, the players they've produced for England, the quality of cricket they play, you know, almost on every level, it's very good. They're not just, uh, as Harvey says, developing players and finding players from the surrounding area. They're also uh, helping players who have struggled elsewhere, like Alex Lees is a great example, uh, rediscover, redevelop and become even better. It's it's brilliant. It, it, there are, there's a lot to admire about Durham, and they've been a huge asset to English cricket. I say again, just think of, uh, of that um, sliding doors moment. If they hadn't had first class status, how many players we could have missed out, and how many players we miss out on uh, by not being in all corners of the country. So um, you, you'll always find more talent if you look for it. Uh, well done, Durham. Looking forward to seeing them in the County Championship Division 1 next year. Army's going to have to dash very shortly, so we'll get his views uh, on uh, a massive game. Sussex against Leicestershire. Essentially, Leicestershire were bowled out in the first innings for 108, I think. Either way, that meant they couldn't get the batting points uh, that they needed to keep the title alive. So as we heard in the last section, Durham won. And, you know, we've kind of been following Leicestershire all season, haven't we, guys, on this show? Because... 
they started off really nicely. They went unbeaten for a bit. They had a couple of really terrific performances. And then, of course, they had a disastrous T20 campaign and Paul Nixon left. And it all seemed to go horribly wrong and people were leaving and there were some murmurs and stuff. And then suddenly they hang on. They could still actually get promoted. And they if they beaten Sussex and chased down 500 in fourth innings, it would have been just off the scale. We would have started the show with it. But in the end, they just fell short. They lost by 14 months or something. Ridiculous scenes. But that actually doesn't change matters quite so much because... Now there are three teams on 130-odd points in Division 2. I think we could probably rule out Glamorgan. But Sussex and Leicester are in it because, of course, the team that's in second, Worcestershire, who are in great form, have to play Durham next. Durham beat Worcestershire. Sussex and Leicester both win. What a Division 2 we've got. But first things first, what a crazy game that was uh, between Sussex and Leicestershire. And where have Sussex come from to suddenly be in the chance to get promoted? That, and where's Ollie Robinson? That's so too many questions. Uh, Ollie Robinson, I don't know. I, I thought he would have played this week um, if he was fit. Um, I think he was spotted carry, carrying a, a golf bag at Wentworth. So um, his back must have been not too bad because I've played Wentworth a couple of times and it's a long walk around that golf course, I'll tell you, especially with a bag on your back. So, but where, where does Ollie Robinson fit into this? I, I, I really don't know. Has he just been told, take your time off and we'll see you in India? I'd be surprised if that was the case. But forget Ollie Robinson. You know, this was a fantastic cricket match. It really was between two sides, wanting to force a result. Fair play to Leicester to given given a real good red hot crack at trying to get five hundred and it just fell short. Ackerman with a with a with a good hundred. In Sussex, I said it last year, this team will be better for the next year and better for the year after because of the young players they've got. Sight and talent that there are down on the on the south coast in and they might just have a, a sneaky chance because I don't see Durham letting their foot off the gas. So Durham play Worcester and Leicester in the last two games. And the way Durham have gone and the way they're going, I expect them to go and win both of them games. And if they do that, then all of a sudden you you possibly say Sussex are the ones that potentially could come out on the rails and get their nose in front on the, the last furlong and, and hold off probably Worcester, who were probably their closest challengers, into a into potentially going into the first division next year. And, you know, they've got some very, very exciting cricketers, but this was an epic game of cricket that literally went all the way down to the wire. And it um, it was it was great to see yesterday afternoon. I know we mentioned about the New Zealand ODI, but I was following the the um, the county scores and there were no chance to get 500. No chance of getting 500. I must have said that time 10 times. We're getting closer and closer. So to get within 15, it just shows you what a great, great crack they had at it. I do think Sussex are the side that, um, apart from Durham, in Division 2 that could cope best with Division 1 at the moment. I mean, obviously, sides could recruit. But it's interesting that Sussex have, have had this period of rebuilding with young, largely homegrown players. And they do have some gems. They really do. They have some really, really exciting players who could be of interest to England as well. And that's a brilliant thing that they've done. They've obviously had, you know, Sussex uh, supporters have had a painful couple of years, but it does seem that uh, Farby and others have, have done a good job there. Uh, from a Sussex perspective, I would just say about Ollie Robinson, it's just as well they won. I think there'd be quite a lot more scrutiny on what he's doing. You, you know, it wasn't me who ran that story about him. It was Hugh, the magazine editor, uh, but it was a well-resourced, well-researched story. Sussex were peeved. 
Now, generally, it's up to England what happens with centrally contracted players, and Ollie Robinson's a very good player, but I do think his career's at a bit of a crossroads. Yeah, I mean, because he is a very, very talented player, and I'm not positive he gets taken to India. You can't come off the pitch very often and leave Chris Wokes to bowl two spells instead of the yeah. one. Do, do you know what I mean? And it's happened a bit too often. Uh, so the next time he comes back, he has to know that he's going to be okay to keep going. Uh, but there's a lot of good in Ollie Robertson. He's a very, very skillful, very good cricketer, and I hope it works out for him. But uh, people can say what they like. Sussex were peeved that he wasn't around this week. There's been talk on the cricketer. Hugh has had another, Hugh Turb before this is, another story in regard to proposed changes. It sounds a little bit crazy, I'll be honest with you. But essentially, um, where are you? What, give, us, give the listeners a little bit of an idea of, of the story itself in regard to some proposals um, about where the 100 could go in the next couple okay. of years. Could go anywhere. Absolutely anything could happen. But I would say the key thing is, I've, I've written a column in the, in the magazine, actually, and it starts with, do you remember that old joke where someone is lost and they wind down their window and ask for directions and the reply is, well, you don't want to start from here. That's exactly where English cricket is. Because yeah, that's a very, very good. That's a very whether good you, uh, Whether you... Um, Sorry to sound you, so surprised. Whether, whether you like the 100 or not, and obviously, well, not obviously, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge sceptic and always have been, I, I would be lying to you if I didn't acknowledge there had been some positives. You know, the standard of cricket is high. It is higher than the blast. I wish it weren't so, but it is. It has been fantastic for women's cricket. And whatever happens, we must not. It would be a sin to risk the progress made on women's cricket. Okay, so whatever happens next mustn't risk these positives. Equally, there are people going to cricket who weren't going to cricket before. There are people wearing tops of teams that weren't around five years ago. You know, those of us who don't like the 100 have to acknowledge the truth of the situation to have an intelligent debate about it. So we're in a hell of a mess. I don't think we should ever have gone down this path. And uh, I have a lot of sympathy for the current regime. Now, I know that we're we're also committed. Just very briefly, Ah. we are committed to this. Well, sort of. A commitment has been made. And it would seem slightly foolish just to rip it up and start all over again. Well, I don't, I don't at least yeah. at least following it through to something approaching a conclusion. And I'm not talking twenty years, but sure, you know, we, we are mean, down it, it, a ro- we are down a road. You're talking about the broadcast deal, yeah? Talking about everything, really. Okay, well, well, it's worth. Yeah, well, you're you're right. We are down a road, and there, and there are a lot of complications. Broadcast deal is one of them. All I would say is the broadcast deal was originally sold as a T20 competition. Mm. Uh, So these things can change. There can be conversations and people can adapt. And also, I think the days when the sport has been ruled by the broadcasters needs to stop. Broadcasters have fine motivations, but they are their motivations. And they're not always Mm. taking the long-term interest of the general sport. You know, to Sky covered cricket brilliantly. There's no no way around it. I I go around the world and watch cricket and no one does it better than Sky. So I've got a lot of praise for them. But putting cricket behind a paywall, has that been good or bad for the sport? Well, it's been both. You know, you can't deny the fact that the money has been very useful. Facilities have improved massively. But we've also stopped allowing people to see the game, you know. It's very hard to fall in love with the game unless you uh, have Sky or your family like cricket. You know, you, you might not play it at school and all sorts of things. You know the arguments everyone does. So the new regime don't like the 100. They can say what they like publicly, privately. You know that we've had briefings where 
I, I don't think Richard Gould has completely changed his mind on what he was saying five years ago, you know, and he was, he and Richard Thompson were the, the cheerleaders for the anti hundred group. That's why I didn't mean that in a, in a dismissive sense, but they were. Uh, and and they, they remain sceptical, and they remain sceptical for good reasons. I've said lots of positive things about the 100, that the negatives remain. It remains damaging to county cricket. It remains uh, exclusive in its own way, in that it takes cricket to the cities. It is ruining uh, August for the 50-over competition, pushing championship cricket to the margins. You know all the arguments. Those are only going to get worse while it continues. So what they're trying to do is find a sort of way through the mess. And the story that Hugh did was talking about one of the options. Now, one of the options is this sort of pyramid, an investable pyramid, which would Mm. incorporate all the first-class counties and the national counties. What that looks like, I'm not entirely sure, but it it would be any any, uh, sport that has a pyramid. You can have promotion and relegation, you can have divisions, you can have conferences, you can do what you like. I'm pretty sure it'd be played over T20, but you've still got the issue of the women's game then. You've got the issue of double headers. It's a real problem. And I think it's vital. The future of cricket has to be gender equality, not just because it's the right thing to do, not just because it's morally right thing to do. Economically, it's the only thing that makes sense. You cannot be excluding half your market. And equally, the, the way to... If you want to appeal to people on a selfish basis, the way to get around the uh, problem of the ridiculous schedule and asking cricketers to play too much, men's cricketers to play too much, is sell the women's game for similar amounts. There's no reason that can't happen. We're not quite there yet, but it's year on year, it's getting better and better and better. And the Ashes was fantastic. The women's Ashes was fantastic. And 100 is improving and patchy. Yeah, we've got to acknowledge the difficulties. So... That is one of the options, and Hugh's piece focused on that one option, but there are other options, and I think other options might be more realistic, in, in my view, from what I hear, and uh, those options are having more 100 teams. Uh, you know, you could have another 100 team based at Taunton. You could have another 100 team based at Durham. Uh, what Gloucestershire would say about that, I do not know, uh, but you still have the problems that you would have elsewhere, you know, with you know all the other teams that that, that are missing out, Sussex and Kent and or all, all the teams around the country who who, who would feel that um, those problems remain. I think it is fair to say there will be change. Yeah, I think there will as well. But it just seems like a such a mess, and that's why when it's I say we're, we're committed, I I have my own issues with the hundreds. We've talked about it many times. I went to my first game with the hundred this year. I haven't even been to a game. I mean, I took my son to his first match. I've got a huge issue with it. As a Surrey fan, I find it offensive that essentially my county has been sacrificed but I do also realize that you need new fans through and if this is the way the game's gone and it's made the decision to go this way then that's that decision has been made and well wait, 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 the game's always unless, changing the no, game's no, always I know changing. That, but if you're gonna rip it up and start again then you need it needs to be uh, well I've yet to see what what it is that is is better than that, that would make sense for all of the interruptions and the devastation that this has caused. If we were to start again, bearing in mind, we've never had a county championship or a first class system or a list A system or a system that actually does really work ever. I would I mean, argue you, that we had. You, I would argue that you, the early days. Can you point to 2005 yeah, I... maybe? Yeah. Well, no, 2000, yeah. Two the early days of this century. When, two divisions uh, and when there, the there was blast. a co- uh, there was a lot of cricket 
but there was a vaguely coherent structure and it's not a, a, a complete miracle that England ended up being the best team in the world as a result of that system. Promotion and relegation came in, four-day cricket came in. Yeah, and T20 uh, was born in 2003. Now, I think I'm always going to think that the the blast could have been used better. It could have done a lot of what the 100 has done. You know, the tickets could have been marketed cheaper. I I agree in all of this. But we are where we are. What I am remiss, what I am reluctant to do is for us to go back another five years and start all over again with something that yeah, we're not Yeah, but that is what sure. county cricket has done for years and years. You know, 40 over cricket, 45 over cricket, 55 over cricket, 60 over cricket. I've seen it all. Uh, yeah, I know. So there's, 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 this there's is always different. change. This is different because that has always been the counties. This has been different. You know it's been different because this has brought in franchises. That has been the main difference. Yeah, well, they're not franchises, and I think well, personally, okay, they're not franchises, no, but, no, but they're, they're not, they're but not it's counties, a key, are they? But it's a key but distinction. But it's a key distinction. Difference. So I think the franchise uh, route has to be resisted. I agree, uh, I, I, and this is a fundamental difference within the game at the moment. Now, I think we're going to lose this argument, I uh, and I think, and money I think we lose it. And what will happen is, I mean, yeah, but someone will come out and money. say, no, exactly, and someone will come out and say that, that the game can't survive without this billion pounds, and we're going to basically sell off our game. And that's, okay, so, that so is, the reason that's, that that's, that's going to happen. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people will, will agree with that as well. It's nonsense. I'll tell you why. Because the money will go to the top players. Uh, it, it's not like it's going to filter. It, it will go to the players who are always going to be able to earn more now, going elsewhere. Mm. I think we shouldn't try and compete. Those players, I mean, you compete up to a point, but you accept that if people want to go and take the money for playing in America or the IPL or Saudi or whatever comes along, there will be people who want to go. But you compete in other ways. You, you know, yeah. you're offering them international cricket. You're offering them uh, security, pensions, uh, medical you're also, support. Mate, you're also offering them fame within this country. And well, international cricket. You're offering and them cu- World Cups. And kudos. You know, yeah, because... and, being, and walking down the street and people knowing who you are and thinking well, that's you're as great. Well, but I think you get that from the IPL. You might not no, get recognised no, in this. Well, I think no, I think you I probably don't, do. I don't think you do. And and you yeah. probably will be able to get it in America within you know uh, our lifespans. And I, um, I honestly don't agree. So okay, well I hope you're right. But the point is that uh, I would accept that you have to let some players go, and it's not a bad thing if players can earn more money towards the back end of their career, set themselves up for life. Good on them. Brilliant. But I think a lot of players would like to play for England. I spoke to Jason Roy the other day, yeah? Now, Jason Roy uh, is well known for having said he wanted to hand back his central contract a few weeks ago, and uh, people are talking about him going as a franchise player. He said he would sign a central contract in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. The fact is he's not going to get offered one. Mm. He, He only gave back his central contract so that he could... Can I go to America, basically? He wasn't saying he didn't want to play for England. It wasn't in conflict. It was just at that stage of his career, it made sense to do that. I think you'll find that players very much want to play for England. Now, their agents might have different views, and they will certainly manipulate the conversation to say, well, my player will go and play in America. Go on, then. It's fine. That's the market. I I don't think many will. And and those who do will be at the... uh, They'll be the ones who aren't quite good enough and the ones at the back end of their career. I honestly think that'll be the case. And we did see this a bit. You know, Flintoff went freelance briefly at the back mm. end of his career and then came back, actually. I, I, I just think we shouldn't compete just on money. Mm. If we do that, totally we'll agree. lose. We should compete on the fact that English cricket is different. And that's the other thing. Be unashamedly different. We don't have to go franchise. We don't have to go league. 
we can be county cricket, English cricket can be different. Dare to be different. Celebrate it. You know what? It, it, I, I've been to the IPL several times. It, it can be brilliant. Big nights in big stadiums and the big bash, brilliant. Those T20 nights in Taunton and Hove, they're as good as anything. And the standard can be brilliant. It's patchy, I accept, but it can be brilliant. It can work. It can inspire the local community to think it's important and relevant. You don't have to have eight teams. You can have 18. You can have, as we were talking earlier, promotion and relegation. It matters. It gives relevance. Go that way. But look, as I say, they're in a terrible, terrible mess with it. They have to take Sky with them. I think a lot of the conversations that are ongoing are about bringing them that direction, people not losing face, not having to give money back from the TV deals. Anything could happen. There is this investable pyramid idea. There is a knockout idea. But I think you're going to see T20 and not 100-ball cricket. But what they do with the women's game is very, very important. It is vital. and they, I'm sure they won't compromise that. But the 100 has been a gain, and we can't risk that. We're going to have to finish it there. Isn't it good to be back? Haven't you missed it? Come on. This has been great. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I've honestly, been very lucky. you do not. And this is what this is part of the problem as well with the broadcasters running the game. You are not going to get this show anywhere else. You and, and do you know what? If Talksport had the rights exclusively or not exclusively, I wonder whether we would, whether we would be encouraged to speak about it in this way. You do not get this conversation anywhere else. No, and you're probably, a, and that is a problem. You're probably right, but uh, hey, I, I have missed it. But I mean, I've been very lucky to be covering the Ashes, and um, you know, there's, uh, England play a lot of cricket, and uh, it's quite difficult to do both at the same time. So I haven't felt that I've been able to offer any particular insight. But you're right; there is a lot of pressure in the media. I mean, you see angles taken by various publications, which are, are very clearly have an agenda. Uh, and yeah, it's lovely to be on a show. We were allowed to say it as you think. And, um, you know, it would be very interesting to hear what listeners think. I've probably never been so positive about the 100, but I, I, in my heart, I haven't changed my mind at all. Uh, I should mention for more of this kind of conversation, because you do get this kind of conversation on The Cricketer, and you can uh, head over there, £29.99 for a year of this good stuff. Or, uh, a year? £3. Yeah, and only £3.99 a month. George, I'll see you at Lords. Looking forward to it. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, big thanks to Harmy. Nick Friend will hopefully be back next week. Loads of counts. The, the games are coming thick and fast. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back at... Uh, we haven't even... Sp- and I didn't even mention sorry. Uh, George, thank you. Harmy, thank you. Nick, we'll see you next week. You're listening, or have been listening, to Following On County Cricketer. The Following On podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.